Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your one-stop shop for all your unique fan sports apparel with fully licensed merchandise covering the major five sports, your favorite players, and all the teams from every major city with unique feature designs that only you as the fan will have. Go to intheclutch.com and use promo code BELLYUPMDFFSHOW for 10% off your order today with free shipping on order of $100 or more. Again, that's promo code BELLYUPMDFFSHOW for 10% off your unique fandom collection today. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Whoa, welcome in on a random Thursday, and we're pulling out all the stops for you tonight. Yes, we have a redraft and way early redraft mock draft for you guys talk about some of the value of these guys. Yes, we have great guests like Andrew from Divots and Pivots, like Jason from TSS Fantasy, and of course, my partner in crime, Mr. Christopher Dalhauer. Yes, we're on Belly Up TV. Yes, we're on Roku. Yes, we're on social media. Yes, we're on YouTube. Yes, we're on your favorite podcast. But now, we're on the metaverse. That's right. We are actually live in the metaverse right now. If you go to our social media accounts at BillyUpMDFF, shall I share the link out there? You guys can join in after the show. We'll interact. And who knows? Maybe this is something we'll be able to do more consistently, but we're doing a trial run for it tonight. So come on and join in because we want to be able to interact with you guys after the show. But first and foremost, guys, I introduce you. How you doing? We'll start with Andrew at the top right corner. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I feel upside down on the metaverse here, but it's pretty exciting. This is going to be real cool to try this out tonight. And redraft, nice and early, never too early. Exactly, exactly. And this is the future. We are pushing to the future in the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Jason, how's it going, man? It's going great. Appreciate you having me back in the dojo. And yes, man, it feels great. I feel like Max Headroom a little bit. Now I'm showing my age a little bit. But hey, we're ready for tonight indeed. Let's hit it. I love it. Two weeks in a row with Jason, so I'm glad you're able to come and make it on. And then Chris, Chris was having a little bit of trouble wrapping his old mind around the metaverse, but I think you got it. Am I still in it right now? Oh, I mean, oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, we had a little bit of a struggle yesterday, and you guys didn't get to kind of see that, but hopefully today is much more smooth. But I'm excited about you know, kind of doing the metaverse and definitely talking about drafting. It's never too early. And I think this is best of the time. There's a lot of great value on the board right now. Yeah, look, this is really a great time for best ball drafting, especially. Because then it's a little bit of a redraft mix, but you're able to get good values on players that haven't quite caught up with the ADP yet. Obviously, these rankings, these ADPs, they're all going to look different come August. One way or another, we'll have our projections out on the belly of fantasysports.com website for you guys, like I do every single year. I am back at the Fantasy Pros uh, ECR competition, so we'll be having that up to date every single week with you guys as well. So, very excited to get all that stuff underway here. Uh, I do want to get into it. We are doing a half point PPR draft, it is going to be 12 rounds, kind of similar to last week, but of course, it is a redraft instead of dynasty. We got 12 picks, 12 teams, and uh, we have Andrew. He's going to be the 
first guy on our board who's going to be up at that pick number four. So let's go ahead and start that draft. Just make sure you pronounce it correctly, Andrew, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of – we had some uh, – Keen observers in the Twitter world who making sure that we announced their favorite players correctly the other day. Uh, <laughs> so while, while Andrew is uh, picking who he's going to go with, first three players off the board, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. Chris, what do you think about that order right there? That's, that's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think, yes, definitely think it's definitely an interesting order. Probably of most people's board right now. I think everybody has Jonathan Taylor as that career number one. I kind of debate that. I think there might be some usage kind of getting you know, taken away with Naheem Hines becoming more and more with Matt Ryan at that quarterback position. And then you see Chris McCaffrey still, you know, as long as he's healthy, one of the top guys, I think he could be arguably one of those top guys you could have on number one. So then Andrew, he takes the first receiver off the board with Cooper Cup at pick number four. So you went with receiver, you went with Cup. Do you believe he can repeat? Is he worth the top five pick? I think even if he doesn't repeat to the exact extent that he did last year, uh, I think he's still worth the top five pick here, considering what I think I can get uh, on the back end for running back depth, still to have a, a top running back for myself. So you believe there's back end, top end depth? Between these first and second rounds, I do. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Because I tell you what, after about to get top 10 running backs, all of a sudden everybody starts looking like they're in a platoon after that. I don't know. It's a little tight. What do you think, Jason? What do you think about his Cooper Cup pick? I well, you know, I'm not that type of. I'm always disagreed with going with receivers. I don't go with the trend. It's always get your meat and potatoes, which is your running backs. And as you mentioned, once you get past a certain point, it's like being in the ocean. You're dropping the hell off. So definitely got to grab. I wouldn't grab Cooper Cup at that pick, but that's just me. <laughs> Look, it's it, it's you even if he never declines. Agree. Right, even if even if he regresses to a, a normal-ish amount or a lesser, you know, significant less amount from last year, he's still probably the wide receiver one. That's how much of a gap it was. Them adding Allen Robinson, I don't think detracts from Cooper Cup's ability, nor does it detract from Matthew Stafford's attention. So, if there's going to be a receiver, there's two receivers that I have in the first round, and that's Justin Jefferson and that's Cooper Cup. But I do want to talk about my pick that I went with, and I went with Najee Harris at the <laughs> at the one hundred six. Now. With Najee, I hate, again, that the Steelers pick Kenny Pickett. And you're going to hear me talk about that all offseason long. That's not going away anytime soon. However, I am really happy about it from Najee's standpoint because guess what? Whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Mitchell Trubisky, this offense, once again this year, is going to flow through Harris. Whether it's through the passing game, through the running game, we're talking about a bell cow workhorse, get every touch, knowing the man, get every touchdown. These guys are few and far between, and that's why I went with Najee Harris there. I'm not going to lie, Dan. That was I was between Cup and Harris with that first pick at number four. And I got the better one of it. but <laughs> <laughs> I picked him number one last week, Dan. I mean, it's spot on. I mean, everything that you said was was why I did it. So there we well, go. And that's why you took him over Jonathan Taylor in, the, in our dynasty draft, which is what you're alluding to. And, and that clip went off like on, like fireworks on TikTok because everybody <laughs> was loving it so much. Uh, Chris, you went with Joe Mixon at the 110. Walk me through that pick. Do you think he can repeat and stay healthy? I think that's going to be the big question. Can Mixon stay healthy two years in a row? Yeah, so I just want to say that the Cooper Cup pick was definitely something that was a smart pick there. One of the most consistent players you can have. I think the key to fantasy is not only having the guys who can score, but guys who consistently score week in, week out. So I think Cooper Cup is one of the money to thank guys. Um, but you know, I do think Najee Harris' point was also an excellent point. For myself, I went with Joe Mixon. Um, I'm kind of in, 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 in between worlds where I'll go to a receiver – if I think he's an elite receiver, like a AK, like a monster guy, a guy who's going to be dominant out there. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy and a running back, usually otherwise, kind of like Coop's philosophy. So I think Joe Mixon kind of in that world where he's going to be in a great offense. I think you see an offense that actually improved interior offensive line protection-wise and run blocking-wise. So put those things together with a system that can actually maybe throw the ball a little bit more to him. I think Joe Mixon has the opportunity to be you know, a, a RB1, if not a top RB. Well, I'll say this about Joe Mixon. They didn't bring anybody in of consequence that I'm worried about stealing touches away from him. 
and like you said, the improvement across the offensive line. So those two things do bode well. I am a little bit curious what happened in the second half of last season is what we get all year long, which is Bengals went to a total pass-first approach. And for whatever reason, they still don't allow Mixon to consistently operate in the two-minute offense and on third down and longs. It was very frustrating at times last year. Ultimately, I think Mixon's a guy that if he stays healthy for 15 games, he's probably finishing the top 10 of running backs. Yeah, no, actually, I think, again, I mean, I was a big Joe Mixon hater for quite a while, um, and but he shut me up last year. I mean, really was a healthy body for once. And in that Bengals offense, even though they're pass heavy, <clears throat> that's what, of course, the defense is already for. It opens up the lanes for Joe Mixon. But like you mentioned, maybe the third downs and that stuff is trying to keep him healthy. So maybe that's something that fast forwards to this year as well. Well, the other thing I was going to comment real quick is they were talking a lot about last year and kind of his usage and early on. They were trying to save him to a degree from getting hurt because this guy is not getting any kind of holes. To, he was one of the one running backs hit in the backfield, broke the most tackles in the backfield, but one of the top guys getting hit in the backfield. So I think the offensive improvement will help him significantly. Oh, I find this very intriguing. So Kamish Coop, he's got the 12 and then the 2-1 back-to-back picks there in the snake drafts. He goes, Nick Chubb, that's not a surprise, but Javante Williams, a guy who probably would have been in the top five in redraft leagues had Melvin Gordon not returned to Denver. So why are you so confident in him with your first pick in the second round? So we're going back to what I mentioned earlier is I'm going for the horses for my team for this season. So, of course, I want to ride with Chubb. I always go with consistency. Nick Chubb, I mean, consistently has done it. Doesn't matter if Kareem's there or not. Now you got Deshaun Watson. Even if like Deshaun doesn't play for, let's say, they suspend him for six games, even better. They're going to lean on him even more. And then once Deshaun gets there, it opens up the offense. So that's the Nick Chubb. Javonta Williams, the, look at look at who else is there. Alvin Kamara's got issues outside wow. of football. We're not really sure what's up with the Oh, we got an O on there. Um, not really sure what's going on with that. And and Swift is there. And Swift's got a lot of questions with his injury history. I don't know if he can consistently um, can, uh, go throughout the season, although he is money when he's in. And then other than that, maybe Saquon Barkley, I could take a run with him. But all those guys, to me, I think Javonta Williams, he stands out with Russell Wilson, Big offensive line, consistent, catches the ball, the backfield. He's the guy I rode with, and plus he's a little younger, a little bit more safer on the wear and tear. Well, Kamishku, that that was the reason why I pointed out to Andrew earlier when he was talking about taking Cooper Cup there over the running backs. I think once you get to the end of the first round this year, those running backs are in a tier, and then there's a huge gap after that because everybody just talked about you nailed on the head. They all have serious question marks, and if you're going to invest this high, this is where you, you can't win the championship at the draft, but you can lose it, and that's where these guys are potential potholes. So let's see. Well, I guess we'll see what Andrew does later on. But first, we got to get to Chris. He followed up Joe Mixon with Alvin Kamara, which is just a tremendous value. And that's a guy that I have pinned. If you're drafting best ball right now, make sure you're grabbing Kamara at a great value because, you know, what's happening off the field, that's what everybody's questioning here. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. And I think for myself, I even surprised myself that I didn't have – I was like Alvin Kamara with Joe Mixon. Um, I didn't realize he was still on the board because I assumed that Kamara would take him. Um the, the concerns about things off the field, not overly concerned about. He didn't, um, we see Deshaun Watson still have a chance to play with much bigger accusations. We see other players kind of things off the field that kind of, you know, deterred their career, but never ended it in any kind of way. I'll come around, I don't think he did anything. He's going to get himself in serious trouble, especially this season. And I think I was one just that we had a league off of this in the second round right now. After Chris came me again, we go back to me. You go, I want with CD Lamb. I kind of surprised myself a little bit here. I was thinking about AJ Brown. I was thinking about Tyreek Hill. Uh, I was not thinking about Debo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> no, not at all. If I was, I would have taken him over CD Lamb. But I went with CD Lamb here because he's got a real shot, a real shot to take that third year leap. Mari Cooper's off the team, Michael Gallup. Someone's got to convince me. I mean, we'll have Brian Scott on, Chris, sometime in August, our, our injury expert here at Belly Up Sports. We're going to have him on. But someone's got to convince me that Michael Gallup is not going to be on the pup list for the first six weeks. So what are we talking about? C.D. Lamb and Jalen Tolbert running out there on a team that likes to throw the ball, has one of the fastest paces in the, in the NFL. 
yeah, give me that all day long, every day. I think Steve Lamb might jump up into that top five wide receiver category this season. So that's why I went with him in the second round. I don't know if anybody has a comment for that. No, I don't mind the C.D. Lamb pick there at all. I still consider him um, about where he landed, nice, like just a nice top eight, top ten receiver. So I don't mind that at all, especially over the questionable uh, – with everything going on with uh, Debo right now and um, Tyreek Hill in new situation. I understand why the logic behind taking Lamb there for sure. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, you don't? Good. I think I think Tyreek Hill to me is no brainer right there. I think that's obvious the value I would have took over if I went for a receiver over C D Lamb. I love C D Lamb just like anybody else does, but Tyreek Hill just because he's had the same quarterback, there's a little bit of adjustment, but this guy's still one of the best receivers in the league, one of the most dominant guys you could have to win that championship for you. So I'm a little surprised that you kinda yeah, I love C D, but Tyreek Hill to me. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't trust the volume. I don't trust the system. I don't trust that he has split touches with Jalen Waddle. I don't split, I don't trust anything about that Dolphins offense heading into next season. I do trust that CeeDee Lamb is going to get the ball at least 130-plus times in his targets, possibly, potentially up to 150. Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins, Mm-mm. he's capped at 125. I think, you know, and of course, we're talking about America's team, so it, I'd be remiss not to mention, um, I actually I, I actually agree with you. Uh, we, there's a lot more questions. So that's weird. I play the, the spot, and then his mute gets mited. <laughs> his mic gets muted after that. Go ahead. I think you're unmuted now. Okay, thanks. I missed that. So um, I actually do agree with you. I think that um, Tyree kills. There's a lot of questions in the offense, regardless if they're – I feel like they've an- been answered. But even if they're not, there's still questions prior to the season. So why not go with – to me, you're right, the better pick, C.D. Lamb, who doesn't have Amari Cooper now. I'm going to see a lot of volume. So I, I agree with you, Dan. I think Amar- um, C.D. Lamb was a better pick there. And I think a lot of people said that about C.D. Lamb last year, and I still think Tyree Kill finished better. No one had CD Lamb ahead of Tyreek Hill. So oh, that, everybody, I'm saying everybody loved CD Lamb last year. The big breakout oh, year was last year, right? Loved the him. Receiver well, last he year. did break out. It's nobody in his way now this year. There is a bit. There is a big difference there. So let's let's keep this rolling on. Let's keep this rolling on to Andrew trying to figure out who, who did take Tyreek Hill with his pick. So you can kind of cap off this whole discussion. Uh, so I was honestly between Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown there. Uh, but I want to go with the the explosiveness of Tyreek Hill. We know that the physical ability of him, he's mo- for the most part stayed healthy. Uh, he's still going to bring that part of his game to Miami. So as long as uh, Tua can get him the ball and a little bit of open space, I, ju- I still believe that he's going to be able to make some stuff happen out there to bring in the fantasy points. A.J. Brown's still going to have to rely on uh, Jalen Hurts quite a bit to uh, to get him the ball into some open um, into some contested options. And uh, I, just, I just, with everything we saw with A.J. Brown last year, injuries and all that, I, I need to see it before I'm going to take him over Tyreek Hill. I just want to make sure your listeners and all of our listeners know that Andrew is a Patriots fan. So, sir, your card, Patriots fan card, is directly in said pocket. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill is still going to be good. So, and that's I do want to I do want to follow back on that. Just because I'm taking Ceedee Lamb over Tyreek Hill doesn't mean I think Tyreek yeah. Hill's garbage. However, yes, I just prefer that in that pick that spot there. I would take a Hill over an AJ Brown because we have to see Jalen Hurts take that next step up. Again, last year he was 61 percent completion percentage, and that was when they're throwing the ball 45 times a game, and when they're throwing the ball 15 times a game. It didn't matter how many times it was; it was 61 percent either way during that stretch. So something you have to see him take a step up on. So that's why I would go with Tyreek Hill over him. I do like the pick there. And then we swing back again to Andrew in the third round because we had A.J. Brown and Aaron Jones and Patrick Mahomes all come off the board. He takes Leonard Fournette. 
Yeah, and you, look, I told you I believed in some back-end value uh, as to be considered as a top-10 running back here. Leonard Fournette, look, I don't believe in really anything else they got in that backfield there. I, I know there's a lot of hype on Rashard White. I'm not there with him yet. Uh, I'm out the door on Keyshawn Vaughn, and Giovanni Bernard is exactly what he's always been. He's going to get his touches uh, in those specialty play packages um, and kind of be out there uh, just situationally. So I'm going to go ride Leonard Fournette off the hype that he got last year, and I feel good about that. I was disappointed that James Conner came off the board uh, just before me with this next round coming up because that was the the overall plan, but plans change in these redrafts, I guess. Well, that that's the beauty of it. That's why we do these mock drafts, to see how mm-hmm. your plans change, to see how you have to flow with the boards. That's perfect, perfectly said by you there. Yeah, because I would have been thrilled if I had Cup and Hill <laughs> as top two receivers, and if I had Fournette and Conner, two guys who could easily finish top eight, in this running back class this year, I would have been, I would have felt pretty good coming out of those first four rounds with that. Yeah. One, 100%, 100%. Let's move in. We're still in the third round here. So let's get over to my pick at the six pick. And I went with David Montgomery. I don't love the bears offense. I don't love that. They didn't address anything for Justin Fields. Well, what did we talk about? Jason, we talked about, there are few and far between running backs who are in position to just get crazy volume. David Montgomery's on a contract year. There's no reason for them not to just use him up. And frankly, the offense might have to flow through him, whether it's through catching the ball, running the ball. We already know Tariq Cohen's already out of the picture. Khalil Herbert, to me, is nothing more than a handcuff, a backup. So I take David Montgomery because I want a running back who's going to get RB1-level volume and could produce that way by the end of the season as a result to that. You're 100%, 100% spot on. The old 80 song, Pump Up the Volume, is a perfect example for David Montgomery because, um, again, with Tyreek Cohn gone, I'm not real in love with Herbert at all. I like him going forward this season. You you nailed it right on the head. Where's the offense going to flow this year? you got to still got a young quarterback. They're going to be running the ball a lot. I like David Montgomery here. It's a good, good selection. So then following that up, we go to Chris. Chris has his three running backs now. Goes on the third round, so he has three running backs now. He goes with Cam Akers. Yeah, I think I got a guy who's going to be an RB1. That We saw some infatuation with this guy last year who clearly wasn't totally healthy coming back in his bull run, but still was going to be ridden as the RB1, as that workhorse back. Had the whole offseason to get back, get recovered. Had that kind of acknowledged himself that he didn't feel like he was himself last year. Kind of and has a little bit of chip in the shoulder. I think Cam Akers is going to come back hungry. No extra, you know, kind of uh, wear and tear on his body last year at all. So I think it comes out fresh. The Rams offense, I think, is just explosive, if not even more explosive this year. So I think all those things added for a third round guy that I think is going to be a great flex option for me or RB2. Yeah, I, I want to stress this point. I'm not worried about Cam Akers not being able to regain his explosiveness. He should have never been able to come back at all last season. The fact that he was able to shows great strengths, great strides in his recovery period. Now he gets this entire offseason to get back up to being explosive. This is going to be one of the fastest recovered Achilles we've ever seen. I'm not worried about it. Love him in a great offense. Sony Michelle out of the picture. I'm not worried about the Williams kid that they drafted as far as anybody on that roster right now stealing touches away i'm not cam Akers in a position on a really good offense to get a lot of volume too so i and love you see, and you've seen the speed when he did come back too chris i just want to point that out even when he did come back so quickly i i was impressed with his speed like you could see the explosion so like you said got a whole off season to train yeah i love love cam Akers this year all right so now we get over the commissioner coop who goes back-to-back with wide receivers to offset his back-to-back running backs a little bit before. So, come on, walk us through Terry McLaurin and Amari Cooper. Yeah, so every draft, like I said, as you mentioned, is different. I like Antonio Gibson a lot. That was who I was looking at. Fortunately, don't go there. So I go with the receivers uh, back-to-back. I love Terry Scary. Obviously, he does his thing every year. And I like Carson Wentz here. Not that he's going to be, you know, a top 10 uh, quarterback, but I like him in this offense, um, especially with Jahan Dotson on the other side and actually have a, a legit threat. We'll see if Curtis Samuel can get that groin put together and see if he does a little something this year too. So potentially you got an explosive offense, but Carson Wentz, who at times has some explosive games. So I like Terry Scary, and we're talking about Amari Cooper. I got to have a Cooper on my team, number one. Number two, 
Mari Cooper, man. I mean, look, he's winning this Browns offense now. The only thing I will say is I'm looking at my team. I don't like that I have Chubb and Cooper. I hate hate that I did that. But, you know, it is what it is, and that's why we draft. And I would not recommend well, you do Coop, that. Coop, I, if Deshaun Watson doesn't get suspended, which he might not, this could be a top-notch offense. It might not oh, be so indeed. bad. Indeed, indeed. And that's what I that's the focus anyway for me this year. I do like the offense this season. So that's the reason I went with Cooper, because when he does come back, Amari's gonna be money all day. So those are reasons for those selections. I like it. That's the third and fourth round capping off there. So let's work our way back to Chris here. He's at pick ten or in the fourth round here, pick three. He goes with his fourth running back. He said, I hate receivers. Give me robust <laughs> running back all day long. Every day. I don't care if this one's going on my bench. But he went with J.K. Dobbins here in the fourth round. Yeah, Arlana has starts three positions. It flex two running backs. So for me, I think the running back is guys I prefer to have in that flex if I can. I want as many good options as possible, and I want as many guys who can hit RB1 potential. Uh, J.K. Dobbins had that kind of talk last year going into people got injured. You know, Mark Ingram a couple of years ago survived only getting 15 touches. People like to point out, well, what kind of touches is he going to get? Well, Mark Ingram had 15 touches in the game on the RB1 borderline. So I think J.K. Dobbins in the fourth round has an outstanding value and a guy that I think is actually going to see the ball in the passing game a bit more too with moving on Marquise Brown. So I love my I love my options in running backs. Can you disagree with that? Look at last year. Guys, remember, Ezekiel Elliott finished as a top six running back last year because he actually played 17 games. That's really all it came down to. So having taking shots on these running backs, being able to – snag those wide receivers late can be a strategy but you're going to have to pick your spot so we'll see what chris does moving forward i did something with my next pick that i don't normally do i don't normally take tight ends this high i treat tight ends like they're quarterbacks i usually wait till those double digit rounds and take the sleepers but i didn't love what was on the board here at the fourth round and that's the whole thing you don't love what's on the board take best player available well in this situation darren waller to give me an edge at the tight end position was the best player available, in my opinion, on the board at that time in the fourth round. So I go with Darren Waller. I think it's going to be interesting to see this Raiders offense this season. I'm hoping that they go up-tempo. That's all I'm really asking for, because as long as they do that, there will be enough volume for Devontae Adams and for Darren Waller to eat this season. Waller has to prove it if he wants to get paid anywhere, because, again, he could be on the move at the end of the season. I like guys in their contract years when it comes to redraft. I, Andrew, I don't know if you have anything to say about that pick. I look, I, it makes sense when you, like you said, you said it perfectly that the best guys available when when you don't like what's going on. Considering what already came off the board at tight end, the fact that you got Waller down there, especially in that offense in that division, like I've been saying all off season, that division's going to be just fantasy point heaven for anybody playing on any of those teams. So uh, I'm treating Waller almost like a like a wide receiver in this case. So I think getting him there um, is right you know, spot on value. So yeah, the fact that you didn't like anybody else on the board for the way you're building your team makes perfect sense to me. And let's leave that as your pick because you went with another Raider. I did for a lot of the same reasons. So Josh Jacobs is a guy that uh, he really, I was down on him going into last year. He really proved it to me last year that you could get more versatile, uh, you know, versatile and uh, get more involved in different ways. So uh, I think his options are only going to be uh, better now because the offense is going to be more spread out. So, uh, considering I couldn't get my guy James Connor where I wanted to get him right there, uh, Jacobs is is the next my number two running back for me. Uh, but with that said, that does set me up for you know all my next coming picks here because the running back situation is not looking the way I figure, and that's what led me into my next pick here uh, in the fifth round on the coming off the turn where I did take a chance on someone like Travis Etienne. Because I felt like now my running back situation is a little bit weaker than I originally planned on it being. So now I want to take a shot on someone that I do believe in that has a chance to take off this year. Uh, and I think he's going to be given more of an opportunity than people think over James Robinson. I've been saying that all offseason. I've been beating the, the Travis Etienne drum. So I'll take my chance there now early. He'll be training Chris in this league. <laughs> that's pretty much a little boil, boil down to like oh i got all the running backs i got all the receivers and that's a great point Jason, actually because that, that, it is a joke it is funny but that is also a great point when you are drafting you don't always have to build out the perfect starting lineup right off the bat draft the best players draft assets you can always make trades later on we have to emphasize that over and over and over again that's where the whole you can't win your league at the draft really comes from being able to make maneuvers like that we have to kick this back to Andrew because then we snaked around, came back around to Drew, and then he went with, um, I think I lost, oh, you went with Travis Etienne. Yes. 
Yeah, so that's what I was just talking about there. And yeah, like you said, so that's why I'm taking a, a shot on him there early because, um, and you brought up another great point there, because the way my mind is now wor- uh, working in this draft is that I need to start acquiring some works. trade assets. There's something going on up there? What? <laughs> so there's something, it works? There's something going on up in your mind? So the way you're oh. If you have to, I thought, I thought you were trying to tell me I had some sort of background noise going on, like you know, like my laundry was going again. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but no, so yeah, but you said it perfectly. I'm trying to acquire trade assets too now because you know these first couple of weeks of the season would be almost like showcase for some of these guys for me that I can then turn around and fill some gaps. Um, so Travis Etienne, like I said, is a guy who if he comes out hot, I can then have the uh, the decision to to decide whether I want to keep him and slide him in as my RB2 or flex guy, or I can use him to go out and fill another hole if I have an early season injury. So I'm definitely looking to pad at this point one position with some depth so that I can use that as ammunition to move forward. Jason, help me out here. Now, Andrew pronounces it Travis Etienne. Is it Etienne or Etienne? Because we're, we're going to get blown up on Twitter if we get oh, this wrong boy. now. Et- Etienne, my my lawyer wife just schooled me on it. So, boom, there you go. <laughs> Somebody more smarter than me can. Uh... Travis Etienne, there you go. Because we've, we've heard both is. ways. Uh, Chris, real quick on the Travis Etienne part. That's right. I say Etienne. <laughs> Even when proven wrong. That's called stubbornness, folks. <laughs> But Chris, talk about what do you expect between Travis and James Robinson? Will James Robinson be back in time to make it interesting, or are we just going to have to go with Travis Etienne as the week one starter? I mean, I think it's because still wait remains to be seen. I think James Robinson's recovery is still kind of going to be help recovery really quickly. He did get injured towards the end of the season, so there would be a lot to kind of expect him to come back in, like you know, the ground running, so to speak, week one. I think there's probably a good chance he'll probably start off the pup the weeks, first four weeks since they changed the rules now as well. So I would, wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy that's kind of be the guy to start the season off. But having said that, this offense has a lot to re, you know, range of desire and what's going to do offensively and how many points it can score. So I'm not really excited about Andrew's draft till after his first three picks. Your draft sucks. <laughs> you just got graded. <laughs> well, let's so. speed through so we can actually grade through that it later on. Don't call me off so. guard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't planning for the insults from Chris. Uh, I wasn't even really I, paying I attention to what he was saying. So I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had the next pick up. And uh, I went with Cortland Sutton here. And I want to point out, Jerry Judy went the round before. Mm. And everyone seems to believe that Judy is going to be Russell Wilson's guy. But first of all, Wilson's proven he can hold up the value of two wide receivers. Anyway, regardless. So I think both of them are valuable. So don't get me twisted on this. Uh, but Corlin Sutton was somebody who was a budding superstar before the injury. Then he had to deal with the fiasco that was the Denver quarterback situation last year. I think he's ready to get back to form. He's the big play guy. He's the touchdown guy. And while the off the field, Judy, things don't seem like they're going to be that big of an issue heading into this season. I'd rather take Cortland Sutton around later than have a Jerry Judy, who I think both at the end of the day will have about similar value and give me the bigger plays out of Cortland Sutton. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. I'm mean, a huge Cortland Sutton fan. I think last year's aberration is when kind of he is similar to Allen Robinson. I think you're seeing him bounce back. He's in a real offense, the real quarterback. Um, I think this year, I think you, you see with, you know, with Russell Wilson in particular, is a guy who has an affinity for big targets and in, in the red zone particularly. But we know who David Moore is because of him. We know who different Fred Sween is. There's lots of guys who are in the NFL in sense uh, from the, the receiver position where Seattle is basically rolling out six, four guys to throw out there for Russell Wilson and throw up the ball to. DK had a great you know connection with him. Cortland Sutton's better than all these guys when it comes to what he can do with the ball in his hands and how he can run routes. So I think this is a marriage, a marriage made in heaven and a great pick. Chris, you finally took your first receiver, Michael Pittman. He's like, yes, I do have to start receivers. I remember. So walk me through Michael Pittman there, and does he is he able to make up that wide receiver one gap that you're going to need him to be? Well, I think that he does in a sense, because let's look at you know Commissioner Coop's team, for example, where we have Terry McGlure, Scary Terry, as he loves, um, or Terry Scary, as he calls him. Um, so I think when he calls you know, Terry McGlure and his guy that – you screw yourself number, up. I know. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> um, when it comes to the end of the season numbers, I think Michael Pittman will be right there with them. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a guy that he likes to throw the ball to, whether it's in the red zone or in short yardage. We see Matt Ryan be able to, using maybe Russell Gage relevant last year. 
Um, so I think we have the quarterback position kind of locked up. You have a receiver on the other side getting some attention who's this deep threat kind of giving some of that safety, opening up things for you. Michael Pittman has a chance to kind of be that borderline number two, a T. Higgins type of receiver, but has a lot of upside for him even more, I think. And when I said that, and then the numbers at the end of the year, look at the Terry McLaurin who went, you know, rounds earlier, will he have much better numbers and consistency as a Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman is an interesting situation. I don't know how much of a ceiling he has out because he's not a big play guy, but the volume, the improvement at quarterback, and the touchdowns could be very interesting. Where he was wide receiver 15, I believe, last year in halfway PPR, he could definitely get into that top 12, depending on how things go. This and third year receiver as well. This yeah. season, yes. And then we go to com- uh, Commissioner Coop goes with TJ Hawkinson with his fifth round pick. So walk us through that selection. Yeah, I mean, I like the volume of TJ. Questionable with his injuries, but I mean, I like you know him in this offense. He's been a big play guy before. I'm you know I was getting low on the tight ends. I mean, Dalton Schultz was there too. He's I like him a lot this year too. Just wanted to uh, pay homage to TJ Hawkinson because I like. Um, I liked his prospects last year, and the injury kind of afforded him um, for what he could have. But my next pick, I wanted to really get into that real quick. I well, just... get, get into that after we come back from the break. Oh, oh my bad. Break. My, my bad. My bad. My bad. We're going right, to hit the break Let's listen to you talk about on. balls. And then we'll be good there. Yes. Summer is coming. The sun is shining. Shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out of your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants, looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive head first into the summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare for that summer bod. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, and performance boxer briefs with a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Want to take your grooming to games even further? Take a look at Manscaped Sears 2.0, a package that has everything you need to look pristine nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the Performance Package 4.0, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0, and you'll be ready to perform from head to toe. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. And one more time, that's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. This is a summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You're watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show live on BellyUp.tv on Roku. If you want to follow along and comment in with the show, you can always subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us after the show on your favorite podcast apps. You can listen to us at your best convenience. And join us in the metaverse. We're in the metaverse right now. Join us in. We'll interact with you afterwards. You want to hang out with us after the show. But yes, we are in the metaverse. We're in the future, people. I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here with Andrew LaDuke from Pivots and Pivots. We got Jason Cooper from TSS Fantasy. And of course, my partner, Chris Dowhauer. We are holding it strong for the MD's Fantasy Football Show throughout this redraft mock draft. So let's get back to it, boys. We uh we so we kicked it off. We left it off there with the sixth round. Jason wants to get into his Damian Harris pick. So let's see what he has to say about that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'd i be remiss to say there's no Patriots running back that I'd ever really want. But this guy has proven to be like the bell cow 
uh, for Bill Belichick when he's healthy. So I like Damian Harris. I like him in the offense because, look, Mac Brown is not going to light up the, the world. I'm sorry, Andrew. I know you're the last in the AFC East, um, my friend. <laughs> I like Damian Harris. I like him going forward. And now I have three decent running backs um, that I can switch up to or put in my flex. Plus, I got my tight end that I can always go with. So hence my pick. And now, yes, my Dolphin card, fan card, is in your pocket, sir. Who's, who's Mac Brown? Oh my! <laughs> Good call, bro. Good call. I'm gonna get called on that later. Too. Uh, that's so, I, I figured you might, so I just I'd bring it up. Now. <laughs> uh, Drew, do you have a comment for his pick there in the sixth round? Look, if you're gonna pick one of the Patriots running backs, he's he's definitely the one to go for. Um, considering what's on the board for running backs. Uh, it, I think that I think it makes sense to take Harris there. With everyone that's there now, he's probably going to get the most consistent touches, in my opinion, as well. So, um, considering I also don't like the Chubb pick, I think it makes sense that Coop needs a little depth here. <laughs> don't like Hold the Chubb. Don't get the truth. You can't handle the truth. Go ahead, rebuttal quickly. Chubb just doesn't catch the ball enough in today's NFL to with the cream hunt behind him to to withstand uh, being a showcase running back that he needs to be to be going in the first round uh, over a guy that's younger and Javante Williams who is breaking more tackles who is coming in with a an older running back behind him and, and Melvin Gordon so I believe more Javante Williams I know he got both of them but I don't I would not have been taking Chubb there at all with either one of those picks in my opinion. Chubb's finished an RB one the past two seasons, even with Kareem Hunt. So I, I, I don't know if I agree with that with you, Drew. But, but um, with I do, Deshaun Watson's record, though, playing Jason, style, I think it's going to change a lot if he plays. How, how does Nick well, Chubb not catch the ball? What are you talking about? Like, what, he, what, what, he catches the ball, but I think he's need, he's going to need to catch it more with Watson at quarterback. Well, well here, here's man. what I'm going to say, uh, David Harris. I'm not touching a Patriots running back. I'm not touching a Dolphins running back. I don't care what round it is, how good the value is. So I'm not a fan of Damian Harris there in the sixth round. But we'll move on to Chris's pick. He went with Marquise Brown there in the sixth round. Yeah, not related to Matt Brown. Um, a different, very different guy. The receiver for the Arizona Cardinals now. Marquise Brown, I think, has a chance to kind of fill in the clear number one role with Hopkins out the first six weeks and maybe even more. Um, I think that you look at what this guy can do, I think is a great fit for him, particularly with the explosiveness down the field. Kyle has thrown the ball down the field, his offense and getting one on one coverage. You're going to see him be, I think, a guy who's going to be moved around, but primarily on the outside is the big play threat. So I think Marquise Brown is going to be that guy where we've been waiting, kind of wait for him to kind of boom. He finally has the opportunity to do in Arizona. And for me, I'm going for a home run in Edwards here, too. We fast forward on to me. I took Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> I miss what Jason was doing there on screen. I showed Mac Brown the coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. Now, I don't feel great about this pick, but it was one of those situations where I want to get some running back depth, and I want guys that, you know, you, if you can pick out the right one in the 49ers system, it's a valuable guy. Do I think he's going to play 17 games? No, I don't. That's why he's my third running back in this draft here. I think he's the perfect kind of flex guy to be able to put in there when he is healthy. They've already shown he will get the majority of the work when he is out there or when he's healthy, I should say. So from that standpoint, this is the first time in a couple of years that we have a pretty good idea of who should be getting the high volume of work in the 49ers backfield. So it's a good value for Elijah Mitchell there at the sixth round. We move forward to Andrew who took Traylon Burks. That's an interesting pick there in the sixth. Yeah, so like I was saying with uh, with Etienne at, in Jacksonville there, when it comes to this area of the draft now, I'm looking for some high-risk, high high-reward high uh, players because I know I'm going to have some safer picks uh, for both the tight end and the quarterback position coming up um, in, the, in the next few rounds. And later on in the draft, I'm just looking for some high-reward, uh, low-risk guys. So someone like Traylon Burks, uh, who I think could have a shot to, by the end of the year, take over that number one receiver role, um, from a guy like Robert Woods, who, one, we'll see if he can stay healthy, and, two, I think the playing style it might uh, lead towards Burks being the number one there. I'm going to take a chance with him as my wide receiver three. Um, and then to be able to – honestly, I felt good about that pick and taking that risk there because I knew I was going to be able to get Elijah Moore with this next pick, who I think is going to be 
you know, just outside that wide receiver one talk. So it's more likely that even though I, though I took Burks first, Elijah Moore is probably going to start the season as my wide receiver three. Okay. Elijah Moore is interesting because Garrett Wilson went right after your Elijah Moore pick. And uh, I definitely don't think both of them deserve to be in the seventh round. I think it's going to be one or the other as far as who yep. gets featured in this offense this season. It remains to be seen which one it's going to be, but let's not also forget that Corey Davis is there. So it, Andrew's shooting his shot with Elijah Moore. Why would you like Elijah Moore more than Garrett Wilson real quick? I just it's, For that one, it was a strictly eye test. Watching him play last year, how comfortable he looked playing in the NFL against NFL defenders, uh, how comfortable he looked with Zach Wilson when Zach Wilson was healthy. I think there's something to be said. Sure, Garrett Wilson can show up, fit right in, do the same thing that Elijah Moore did last year and stay healthy and be better than Elijah Moore. But in that situation right there, I'm going to take the chance that Elijah Moore is going to have some carry over uh, chemistry. And, and I like how athletic he looked moving on the field. Okay, okay. We fast forward to my pick in the seventh round. I went with Cordero Patterson. Now, one thing I like about Cordero Patterson, this might depend on what platform you're playing. You can play him at running back or you can play him at wide receiver. So talk about the ultimate switchblade you can have right there. Uh, I like that they drafted Tyler Algier. I like that they drafted Drake London. They have a few more weapons than they did last season, but they brought back Cordero Patterson on a new contract. I don't think there's someone going to stop using him. So for a guy who's going to maybe get five targets a game with – eight to 10 carries somewhere in that nature tolling about 13 to 15 touches guess what no matter what position you play that's probably either at the very least an rb2 or a wide receiver two or a mixture of both and that's why i like i love cordell patterson i can play him at either position that i need him at and i know the touches ultimately are going to be there especially in half point ppr we move over to chris he takes drake london so we take our second rookie wide receiver off the board here. Walk me through Drake London with the seventh round pick. What do you like about him heading in with Atlanta this season? I just want to say real quick to the Cordell Patterson thing. That's an absolute steal. This is the guy many of you guys should have already taken. Um, <clears throat> Andrew. Uh, but anyway, so I, I think that we look at some of their we look shots at fired. I need a shots fired drop. Well, I'm sorry because I, I think Cordell Patterson is getting forgotten about. This guy is like you talked about a, swim, a Swiss Army knife and Year in, year out, fantasy world loves to find some guy that's, you know, a glorified catch out of the backfield. So, Lovesco Chenault, for example, is a guy I'll throw out there as a name. People love the way he's going to do. Cordell Patterson actually does it and has been doing it for a while. And with a guy that's going to be one of the more effective offensive pieces they have for them. So, we look at the fits for him. This is a guy you talked about to get the ball out of the backfield and catch the ball, run the ball. Depot was fantastic last year in this role. So, Cordell Patterson is a guy that could be a, a, a winner, I think, for a lot of teams in the league this year. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Except for you're not winning this year because my team's loaded, so go ahead. Uh, <laughs> debatable, but walk me through the Drake London. Uh, my team's loaded. Change my mind. Uh, well, I think Drake London is one of those guys, A, the one receiver off the board in this draft, so we talk about draft capital a lot of the other shows. Uh, a guy, obviously, Atlanta has priority for a guy who's going up outside and inside 6.5, so you can use him in the red zone, you can use him inside. Pairs with Kyle Pitts were extremely really well. Uh, Atlanta's defense is still crap. So we put all the things together. I think that we've seen AJ Brown talk about earlier and, and Traylon Perkins, they can do with their roles. Arthur Smith's got to create that role. Guess what? He's got a new toy in Drake London. Let's see how it, roll, how it works. You're not worried about Marcus Mariota? No, not at all. Well, Marcus Mariota is right. Corey Davis has a contract. So just let's, let, let's not completely crap on Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was able to kind of feed some receivers in his past. And Tennessee was very conservative offensively. So I think it's even more opening when it comes to We saw, like I said, AJ Brown's where I see London's role very clearly yeah i absolutely love that pick chris and just by volume alone um who else are they throwing it to other than pitts atlanta's a uh, defense is garbage period point blank there's a lot of volume coming drake london's way so that's i think it's a great pick by the way love it well jason walk us through your picks because you went aaron Rodgers, and you went chris olave i did um unfortunately again we talked about how we, you know these drafts go and you know i was counting on my boy jalen hurts to fall but of course he goes the pick right prior to me so now i'm sitting there like uh where do i go i mean come on it's aaron Rodgers. how do you not like having aaron Rodgers even just on your team anyway it's just fun to have on i love aaron Rodgers. um and you know again it's they're gonna supposedly they're going to start leaning a little more on the run. We'll see. Again, it's still Aaron Rodgers, so I still like him going forward this season. Say again, sir? 
Who are they throwing the ball to? What do you mean we'll see? That's true, too. But, again, it's still Aaron Rodgers. He's proven over the years that he can make mountains out of molehills. I like him regardless. I mean, I could go out there and get at least 600 yards. So I think we'll be our, I think he'll be all right. Um, and then Chris Olave on the back end. I mean, we're going um, just talking about Jameis Winston. We don't know the situation with Michael Thomas. I like Chris Olave going forward because he may end up being the number one if Michael Thomas' situation. We don't even know what the heck's going on with him. So we'll see. But even if he is the said number two, Jameis Winston likes to throw the ball down the field. Maybe they start no Sean Payton to kind of hold him in a little bit. So maybe we'll see the paint, uh, excuse me, the Jameis of old flinging the ball down the field. And real quick, I just want to say Cordell Patterson. Great steal. I missed him. You're right, Chris, that he is money when it matters. I do like him this year. And I, I wanted to comment. I love how Dan talked trash on the Dolphins' backfield, the Patriots' backfield. Then he selects a niner and then goes right past it real quick. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my show. I do what I want. <laughs> I don't need your poo-pooing. <laughs> uh, you walked it, so I, I do love the Olave pick that you made there, Chris. I'm going to pause the draft so you could talk about Tom Brady for us real quick, because that's who you went with in the eighth round. Yeah. So uh, Coop was talking about the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. You know, Tom Brady became famously relevant again when he left New England because he has more weapons. And when you have weapons and you're a good quarterback, that usually helps you become a top fantasy producer. So Aaron Rodgers, well, I think he still got it. Tom Brady still has it too, but he's better when he has better talent around him. So I'm going with the guy who has talent and the guy who has been a top five quarterback the last two years. And I don't know why it's also going to change. Chris, yep, you okay. can make a case for yourself without shitting, oh, excuse me, without pooping on everyone else's team. Sorry, I just want to point that out. We can say shit on this team. On this oh, team. Yeah, okay. I didn't know. Yes. I know, Dan, you know. It's a metaphor. Like metaphor so it's, it's, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's okay. Not real. <laughs> Dan likes it professional, though. I don't. I don't want to mess it up. That's all. No, no, no. no. That that that's okay. Shit, ass. Just you know, we try to stay with the F-bombs if at all possible. Is, is that what you were just calling this team? <laughs> I got a new name for my fantasy roster. <laughs> uh, we we Chris, I agree with the Tom Brady pick there at eighth eighth round. We fast forward to my pick. I actually I screwed this one up. I didn't. I didn't actually want to go this route. I wanted to go Gabriel Davis. I accidentally selected Rashad Bateman. I would have been between the two anyway, so I'm not mad about the pick. But I would have went Gabriel Davis here had I not misclicked that. But Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown's gone. We know Mark Andrews is going to be the man. But hey, Brown had 140 targets last year. I mean, we're there's a lot of targets on the table for Rashad Bateman, who I know I was big and high on as a rookie coming out to be that wide receiver one for the Baltimore Ravens this season, a season in which Lamar Jackson's trying to get that contract, whether he gets it before or after this year remains to be seen. But I like the upside that Rashad Bateman can really bring to the table, especially from a volume standpoint. So that's why I went to that pick. And the fact that I got him in the eighth round makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Well, let's go with Andrew, who went with Russell Wilson in the eighth round pick. I like that pick too. The question I have for you, Andrew, can yes. Russell Wilson actually put it together for 17 games? Because that has been his Achilles heel. Either it has a fast start or and a bottom out in the rest of the season, or he has a slow start and he goes skyrocket the rest of the season. But he has not been able to put it together an entire season from his consistency standpoint. Does he do that going to Denver? I think he has the chance to do that because I think he's going to have that uh, new place, new attitude kind of um, swagger about him this year. Uh, I think he's had this mentality uh, in Seattle over the past couple of years where um, he just, for some reason, wasn't happy with this situation, even though he had fantastic weapons and to throw it to. I know he didn't have a running game, really, but um, I think he's going to be feel like he has a loaded, you know, a loaded gun in this offense. And I think he's going to want to shoot a shot this year. So uh, if there's ever going to be a year that he does put it together, it's going to be this year. So for me to take a shot on him. On him uh, considering what was left at quarterback and seeing that there was a little bit of a quarterback run starting or already happening, I felt like it was a good spot to take Wilson. He didn't like his situation, Andrew, is because he was on his ass most of the time. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a huge win for him to go to Denver where he got a nice offensive line. I love Russell Wilson this year and this offense, so it's a great pick right there. And like I said, that division, there's going to be a lot of fantasy points to go around. 
Oh, yeah. It's going to be fireworks. Let's fast forward to your ninth round pick where you decided to keep stealing from the Dolphin fan. He took Chase Edmonds in the ninth round. So walk us through that. Not bad value for Chase Edmonds there. And that's what it came down to. I don't really want Chase Edmonds on my teams this year, but when it came down to what the rest of my running backs were looking like, the value and the location of the draft, it just made sense. Uh, It's kind of similar to what you said earlier. I wasn't loving what the the top options were, so I just went with what I thought was the best player available at the time. So Chase Edmonds, for me, I do like him more than Michael Carter. I'm rolling the dice with Deshaun Watson at the ninth round. It could blow up in my face, or I could look like an absolute superstar because I could have drafted a top-five quarterback after all the top quarterbacks (laughs) just went off the board. Will that come down to the suspension? Yeah, but that's why we talk about these things here in May to see exactly what happens with that. Let's fast forward over here to Chris's pick where he went with Ramondre Stevenson. This is more where I start to look at those Patriot running backs and give me the guy who's going later. So I like to pick here, Chris, but walk me through Stevenson. Yeah, it was a little hard to pass on Matthew Stafford, a guy who I think is criminally undervalued by people. People kind of forget this guy got hurt towards the end of the had some injuries throughout the year last year that kind of hindered his production. But second year in his offense, I think it's the sky's limit. Um, but what I went with was a guy that I look at the running back position, up with the Patriots, you know, not loving what they have. Damian Harris last year of his deal, Ramondre Stevenson only in second year, or third year, I should say. Guy they're going to utilize the passing game as well. I second, think year. Off- second year. Second year. So you're right. So second year. Uh, this new offense that we kind of see with Alton McDaniels, maybe he has a role that he can be utilized more, even more. Patriots notorious for getting the guys involved. And I think Ramondre Stevenson is a guy, I like to have a guy on my backfield that gets plays better in the cold weather as the season progresses and the guy could be fresh. So when you kind of, kind of, you know, teams are kind of reloading or have guys get injured, having that second back that might be turning into an RB1 by that time is great value for me. So I'm Roger Stevenson, the guy that I have, I think is better than most of the backs that Andrew has in his backfield. We go to Coop, and he went with combos and handcuffs for his back-to-back picks. Melvin Gordon, the handcuff, Javante Williams there, and Christian Watson to pair up with Aaron Rodgers. I like those picks there. Walk us through it. Yeah, well, the handcuff, you mentioned it. Uh, one of us to say the number two, three handcuff to have is Melvin Gordon. I mean, if you go through the league, obviously Kareem Hunt will probably be your number one. Um, you know, maybe you could make a case for someone else. But Melvin Gordon, to me, at least is number two. Um, look what they did last year with these two guys. They basically almost split 50-50 with these guys. Not to say the workload might change, but injuries do happen. Might as well have that handcuff to be in place for either one. And then you at, you asked a question, and I answered it. Who is Aaron Rodgers throwing it to? I just got him. So there we go. I at least got the combo if I need to and if I want to play that combo out if he ends up being a big star with Aaron. That one hurt me, Coop, because you reached in the same round I was going to reach for him a little bit. <laughs> you got him before me. <laughs> so you guys both have Al Lazard on your team. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not expecting a, a, a big uh, Alan Lazard type season to see, but you know who it, we could be wrong. Who knows? Well, Chris, what about your pick of Cole Komet there? Yeah, so the tight end is a little bit barren, but I think one of the upside guy to talk about offense is pretty featured. We talk about David Montgomery, why he was going to be effective. I think the other person that throw the ball to, other than Darnell Mooney, is going to be Clement. Uh, quarterback's best friend usually is a, a good tight end. Uh, just Vanessa Fields has very few options. So I think Clement has a good chance to kind of have a little breakout year. Clement. Also, Clement. Who's Clement? Clement? I don't know who Clement is. Who's Clement? I just threw his name out there. Uh, <laughs> you guys can Twitter. Right? Um, so, yeah. So, Clement. Um, so I think he's a guy that has upside. And I think he's a better offense. I, you know, I want to have a rotational option. Over Gusecki, bro. <laughs> you, you, you're trying to tell me why Terry Kill and Jalen Waddle can't coexist. But then I was to take Mark Gusecki over a guy who's clearly number two receiver in his offense. <laughs> and right, not we'll, a very high flying one though we will say that no. we, we gotta go rapid fire here hold on so let's go let's go to my pick here at russell <laughs> at the 10th pick and we don't know when godwin's coming back he got hurt towards the end of last season it came out later on it wasn't just an acl it was an acl and an mcl so now it's hard pressed to imagine chris godwin playing in the first month maybe even two of the season they signed russell gage to kind of come in and play that antonio brown role as it is anyway as a slot receiver for the most part so i i trust chris when he says tom brady still has it in him i believe him i'm taking russell gage because somebody else besides mike evans is going to have to get in on that volume and we're talking about the 10th round here in half point ppr give me the guy who's got the volume but let's move on to drew he went with hunter what chris 
I said also handpicked by Brady. Don't forget about Antonio Brown did with offense. That, that, that's true, too. But let's fast forward to Hunter Henry. So Andrew finally takes the Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> finally shows some loyalty. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, look, Hunter Henry someone that Mac Jones consistently targeted in the red zone this year. And the, what I'm looking for a tight end is that exactly that. He's a tight end in an offense where uh, it's a lot of question marks at the receiver position. He could end up being the most consistent target if uh, Devontae Parker doesn't plan out. Uh, the way they want him to, so that was a, a slightly an easy pick for me right there in the tenth round. Who's Matt Jones? I thought it was Matt Brown's a quarterback. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris is on fire tonight, boy. He is. I've seen the side of him before. If you guys kept me up till twelve thirty in the metaverse. I'm coming off fire tonight. <laughs> the metaverse is not making him wrong. Got my laser on. Got my laser on. All right, so I went with Ronald Jones in the in the eleventh round. I'm, I have to admit, I'm just intrigued. I'm just intrigued by Ronald Jones going to Kansas City. Clyde Ozzler has not been able to get it done in the red zone. That's one of the reasons he lost a lot of touches to Darrell Williams. No, Jones is going to be a factor in the passing game, but is any running back a factor in the passing game at Kansas City? It's kind of been the problem with Clyde Ozzler, right? They don't throw the ball anyway. We know Andy Reid likes to get into his grooves where he likes to go with that power back run style out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and with less weapons with Tyreek Hill, well, there's a chance that can happen a little bit more. So I'm intrigued by Ronald Jones and his offense. That's why I go with him. Let's fast forward here to Chris, who takes two at Tagovailoa, the backup Tom Brady. Go ahead, walk us through. Yeah, I think first of all, Ronald Jones is a great pick. Uh, Daryl Williams did really well pairing with Edwards last year. They both did well playing together. Both flex options you could play out of the backfield. So I think Ronald Jones is definitely a steal. Um, for myself, I think that I'm looking for a guy who has the upside. Unlike Coop, I have faith in the offense. And if you call yourself you know, a Dolphins fan, I think Tua is going to be the man. He's on my fantasy team. So that I can show at the end of the season when he's in, you know, one of those top five, top ten guys. I can remind you that I took Tua Tagaloa and you did not. Chris going to make me take my jacket off. Damn it. <laughs> I'll see you in the metaverse. <laughs> All right, Coop, go through your picks. Uh, wrap up. All right, I, yeah, I just went Alan Zar just to mess with Chris. Actually, that was why I made that pick. Just to, <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, good job. Just, to, just to throw that out there. That was just to have some fun. And then I went with Noah Fant um, as my backup tight end. Um, you know, has some, uh, you know, has some potential to do. You know, he, he's a good athlete. We talked about him in Denver. I don't know how many times, but never really formatted anything. But we'll see what happens in Seattle. Maybe he can stay healthy. Um, and be a decent target in that offense. Okay, okay, okay. And then yeah, we go, Chris, go back to Chris. He takes David Njoku to back up his Cole Clement pick or Clement pick, Chris? Yeah, I think Njoku got the contract to Cleveland. Talk about Deshaun Watson's a quarterback, the upside he brings. Uh, I think you've seen him be able to beat Wessler tight ends, in, especially in the red zone in Houston. So I put the things together. Njoku has upside. Two guys I can kind of pair up these week when we get out as options. I went with Trevor Lawrence. I would have waited – for a quarterback, had this been like a 16-round draft, I probably would have taken one a little bit later on. But because this is 12-team and I had Deshaun Watson, I wanted to get my second quarterback just for the purposes of this mock draft. So I go with Trevor Lawrence. He does it with his legs. He's going to still have to throw the ball a ton. Nothing can be worse than what we saw with Urban Meyer last season. Absolutely nothing. So I'm going to go on a limb and say the talent of Trevor Lawrence is still there. It's still intact. And it'll be better than what we saw last season, which should put him around that low-end QB territory to back up my Deshaun Watson pick. Drew, end this thing for us. So real fast, I took Damian Pierce last round because he's got a real shot to take over that backfield. I love Damian Pierce this year. Uh, and for the chance for him to slide into the back end of the RB2 uh, conversation, uh, just fantastic value for me. And then I felt the same way. I took Tannehill for the sakes of this draft, but if it was a – a longer draft, I probably would have waited and tried to grab someone like Zach Wilson a couple rounds later uh, and take a shot that he's going to be able to put something together in that offense that's got a lot more weapons now. Drew, when we're going to see you next time, where can we follow you at? Uh, Wednesday mornings, uh, uh, 10 o'clock a.m., the Divots and Pivots show, the golf show. Uh, you can find me there. You can find me on Twitter, at Real Mr. Mallet, and at Divots and Pivots. And then every Sunday morning, uh, 11 o'clock, uh, for the Belly Up Fantasy Live Dynasty Edition. Love it. How about you, Jason? When are we gonna see you guys again? Well, you're gonna see actually me and Drew tomorrow evening-ish around 5:30 when we talk about some shiny balls on the striking period. Um, where we're gonna have some guests then over from the um, Croquet Association over in England talk about the upcoming pay-per-view that we have in on Belly Up Sports. 
And then check us out, of course, TSS Fantasy. We've been on a summer break. We're down here in Florida, bro. We got to enjoy the beach, enjoy our time. So now we're going to be starting June 3rd, break out our first episode. Um, we're going to have some fun guests on in the summer. We're going to do a 32 for 32, a showcase on each show. We're going to have some guests in from each fan base, possibly some coaches and players, play some games, talk about fantasy, talk about their outlook as well. So check us out, tssfantasy.com. We are the fantasy show of the people. I love it. And that croquet event, by the way, the pay-per-view event will be in August. But next week, we have the Intercounty Championships here on Belly Up TV. Chris, you and I are going to be back next week. We kick off the Team Profile Series next Thursday with Eden Harditz of Pro Fantasy Football, PFF. He's going to be on with us. So, guys, make sure you catch that. You're not going to want to miss it. The following week, we got Joe Pizapia coming on from Fantasy Pros. So, two great guests back-to-back to to kick you off on our Team Profile Series. So, everybody, make sure you're following us on your podcast apps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media, at Show. Come hang out with us in the Metaverse. We'll see you next week. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.